Hello and welcome back to the Marvelous Cinema Podcast. I am your co-host Matthew. And I am your local host Henry. We're back for another episode. We uh, we didn't do one last week. We were we were mm. a bit busy and we were a bit relaxing because things have mm. been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we needed a little break. Yeah. They did a lot of things. But we are we're kind of back now. I think we're back. Yeah. Um, forever. <laughs> forever and ever. You'll never be without us. We'll a podcast a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just a reminder that we have our Instagram and our Twitter where we do film reviews, thoughts, rants, praises, mm. soliloquies. That's a good word. Soliloquies. <laughs> we do poems. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're upgrading. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we should be getting back to maybe a, a more and it's sort of a new system with that as well. Hopefully next week we'll see. Mm-hmm. Got a new design. It's all flashy. Yeah. And everything. And uh, we're thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe redoing how we do the ads mm-hmm. to make them more attractive because people like attractive things. That's the they way do, of the yeah. world. Marvelous Cinema 2.0. Uh huh. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully as well. Maybe five posts a week. Maybe you never know during mm-hmm. the weekdays. Ooh. A uh, little, little, little tease there. <laughs> um, but this week's topic is centred on video game adaptations. Mm-hmm. So we've gone away and we've we've come up with a few that we'd like to see, mm-hmm. and a few that we wouldn't like to see <laughs> for whatever reasons that we'll, we will get into. Because God knows Hollywood loves an unoriginal idea. They love a good IP that they own by chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they love studio execs who all of a sudden just go into the files and thought, huh, we own that. <laughs> Let's make a film. We have Tom Holland on the contract. <laughs> um, before we got started, I, I did a little bit of research. I know, it's very unlike me to be prepared. Mm. <laughs> um, and just thought of a few things that I can list. It's on IGN. It's made at the end of January. It's a list of movie and TV series or video game adaptations that are currently in development. Oh, okay. I just thought we would I'll just throw that out there mm-hmm. as a frame of reference. Some of the things I'm talking about are on here. Right. Um, and there are some that are rather surprising. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll just go through, I'll just rattle them. Is there a Mario Party game <laughs> movie coming out? There's something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we've got so we'll start with ones that some of these have already been released because it was the end of January um, so we've got Uncharted obviously obviously we're all very excited for that <laughs> mm-hmm. it's sort of the thing that prompted me to do this or to suggest this topic because everything that we see from this has a wonderful ability to swing it either way yeah because we've just we've just had a picture of of Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg doing doing something, mm-hmm. and everything we see from this is sort of, oh that could work, mm-hmm. uh oh no, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it has that kind of thing about it where I look at it and I think, it's a movie that's definitely gonna end with the characters finally becoming the characters, mm-hmm. but like not in a satisfying way. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the last image, it just sort of looks like, it looks like it could be any film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, it looks more just as likely that it could be from um, No Way Home and Mark Wahlberg <laughs> just making an appearance. <laughs> it's his different Spider-Man from the other multiverse. 
it's the it's the uh, it's the Spider Man that's from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that's that's one of them. Um, we've got Minecraft the movie. Is that real? Mm-hmm. Is it animated uh, or is it meant to be real? I'm not sure. It says it's oh, all it God. says is Peter Sollett. Uh, we'll direct the Minecraft movie, which will tell the story of a teenage girl trying to save the overworld from an ender dragon. Fantastic. Can't great. Okay. March 4th, 2020. I cannot wait for the trailer. Mark your calendars. <laughs> um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Really? That's a movie coming out about that? It's an anime series on Netflix. Oh, okay. I don't mind that. That's a pretty good idea. Tying into everyone's favourite game from 2020. Yeah, the least controversial game. <laughs> We've also got Tomb Raider 2. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, there were talk, was talk of Assassin's Creed 2, but no one's heard about that for years. Because the first one is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Borderlands. Oh, okay, I don't mind that. Um, it was announced five years ago. Oh, oh, hello. That's interesting. <laughs> It was announced back in 2016 to be produced by Avi Arad. Oh, oh God, okay. Um, but it's moved to Lionsgate. Um, Eli Roth directing with Craig Mazin writing. Vcastman's confirmed. This could actually be out of date, by the way. Some of this yeah. stuff <laughs> could be out of date because end of January. Um, Brothers in Arms, Call of Duty... Carmen Sandiego. Call of Duty. Call of Duty again, of course. Why? Okay, great. From Sicario 2 director Stefano Salima. Ah. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Also, the sequel's already been planned too. This is a thing that's been happening recently. I don't like it. Like, I remember very Planning well. Planning a sequel before you've made the first one. Yeah, I remember very well with the Fantastic Four movie by Josh Trank. They confirmed for a long time the second one was coming out in 2017 and clearly that went wrong so just don't do that because <laughs> you look like an idiot <laughs> when you do that uh-huh. um, we've got Carmen Sandiego Centipede Contra The Division mm-hmm. I didn't know this was as far along as it was but it's got David Leach to direct oh is that John Wick um, Deadpool 2 yeah, okay, yeah. It could be John, it could be John Wick, I can't remember who I think he did, John like, Wick. I think he's, like, one of the people that directed it, because it was two people, and they're not brothers, yeah. but they're friends. <laughs> um, it's also supposed to star Jessica, Chast- Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Duke Nukem, we've got um, a Fallout series for Amazon. Okay. Um, Fatal Frame, Firewatch, Five Nights at Freddy's, Fruit Ninja, Gears of War, um, Half Life. Fruit Ninja? Fruit Ninja? Yep, Fruit Ninja. Can't move past that. What? (laughs) It's being uh, reported as a live action family comedy. I can't wait to see the trailer in which they make the joke. So are we ninjas that fight fruit? (laughs) What are we? Some kind of fruit ninjas? Oh, okay. uh, Gears of War, uh, Half Life, uh, which is supposed to be produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay. Um, Halo, Heavy Rain, Just Cause. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the best one on this list. Just Dance. Just Dance. Jesus Christ. Okay. 
I mean, Oscars, get yourselves ready. Yeah, it's definitely going to be, you know, it's going to be, what do you call those movies? There's like 10 of them. Um, Step Up, one of those movies where like, the, there's, there's get 10 of those films. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of those films. There's like a 3D one as well. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, it's <laughs> um, my Every film from that era has got a 3D one. <laughs> um, and I think it's probably going to be a movie where they get like the new teenage TikTok star to dance on screen with uh, attractive people. And mm-hmm. it's going to end with a big dance showdown at the school ball. Um, and at the end, they're going to say, damn, oh, that was... That just well, we were just dancing there. <laughs> what is this? Some kind of just dance? <laughs> Why are you just dancing? <laughs> yeah, all the ways you get there, and you get it in every scene. That's yeah. how I do it. I fit in every scene. In fact, no, I just want to dance. Bookend, bookend every scene. Every every scene has to start with someone saying, oh, "I wish I could just dance." Look to camera, just dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, there's that, which is inspiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kane and Lynch, uh, The Last yeah. of Us, Mass Effect. Oh. Another one that uh, Ari Arad was supposed to do, but. How's he going to get Venom in there? Sorry? How's he going to get Venom in there? I know. <laughs> How's he going to do that? It's not even owned by Sony. Oh, God. <laughs> that must be why it failed. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, we've got Mega Man, Metal Gear Solid, which I think since this article came out, they've attached. Thingy and Bobby, what's his name? Oscar Isaac to do. Oh, okay. Um, I can't. I don't know which snake he is. I, I, I my, my knowledge of the Metal Gear lore is I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I know a bit. I know that there's several of them. I know that there's several. someone called Big Boss. Whenever I hear that name, I kind of I think it's hilarious. <laughs> mm, Big Boss, one of the main Big characters. Boss. I think. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna kill me if I got that wrong. Um, well, that, that's one of my weird experiences with a video game was Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain. Because mm-hmm. I, I played it. Um, I, I, got, I got into the campaign. I finished this big mission. The credits rolled. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I've done that. Was, that was fun. Yeah. The credits finished rolling. And then end of Act 1. What? Really? <laughs> yep. So there's about two acts of that game I haven't played. It's... I think it's... I think it's one of those Final Fantasy things, isn't it? Where, like, mm. you have the 12th game, but the 12th game has 17 parts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I think it's just the way Hideo Kojima's mind works. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, we've got Metro 2033, Missile Command, Monument Valley, Pokemon Detective Pikachu 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Portal, Rabbids, Resident Evil, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Shinobi... Silent Hill sequel. Oh, there was there, 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 there was Silent Hill film. I don't know. It sounds about right to be fair. It sounds like a Resident Evil movie. Oh, the Sims. The Sims. What the? F- That's just life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. About Sleeping that Dogs. Oh, there it is. Super Mario the movie. Really? Uh, Tetris. How are you gonna make that? I think they're going to make it a, a world-ending movie, one of those ones. You know, like one of those disaster movies where Tetris kills everyone. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that Adam Sandler film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Pac-Man. Um, 
Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and an Assassin's Creed TV series. Oh. I got exhausted towards in that list. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there, and not all of it's good. And no. For that, I mean the majority is not good. Um, it, it's not that I don't think these things can't be adapted. It's just the fact that knowing the track record and knowing how they handle it, it's usually just just misses the mark completely. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so without any, any further delay, would you like to get into your first one that you would want to see adapted? Uh, yeah, my first one, um, it's, it's a weird part of Henry Murray's life. I don't know why it's in my life. I don't know why it was the only thing I really cared about for like two years straight. Um, mm-hmm. But about the age of like, I guess from like eight or nine years old till about twelve or thirteen, there was this little game series um, called Saints Row. Um, <laughs> um, have, have you played oh, or yeah. heard of? I've played. I think I've played two, three, and four. Okay. Okay. Um, I was such a weirdly huge fan of this series of games, um, and I'm when I say like a huge fan, I mean like when I didn't like something about the new ones, I would get into that kind of state of mind of like a Star Wars fan who hates the prequels. Like it, oh, it was it was that level of like young teen kind of hatred because it wasn't what I remembered it being. Because um, I loved the first two games specifically very much. Um, mm-hmm. And I still do. Like I have, out of nostalgia and being bored, like replayed the first or second one, I think. Um I think like in within this year at some point, um, and I, it's a weird thing to adapt to, and the thing is I don't want it to be a movie. I want it to be a, a TV show, um, mm-hmm. because I think the structure of the game lent itself quite well to a TV show, um, yeah. because at least the first two and the third one to an extent, and then the fourth one is the fourth one. Um, <laughs> there's kind of a, a weird thing where. It's it has its main storyline, but mm-hmm. about two like missions or whatever into it, you kind of split off into three separate, well I guess four separate, um, kind of plot line mission sort of things, um, and I find it kind of interesting to do that within the the TV kind of episodic kind of nature of introducing your main character and your main set of people in the central. Uh, gang squad thing, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. and kind of have them kind of split off into different episodic adventures with the main character being the sing- like the kind of the linchpin between it all, um, and then coming back at the end to kind of finish it off. And I think it just has, I think the big issue here is kind of you have to totally revamp and color in the main character because the main character in the central games is. A blank slate. <laughs> um, it's just it's one of those games where you 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 customize your character. Um, in the first game, you don't even have a voice. You don't even talk in the game. Um, it's just I think it's kind of like almost an Easter egg thing where if you play a certain cutscene, you do have one cutscene where it does talk. Um, so that's how that's how blank this character is. Um, and in the second game and the third game, they do you get lines, but it's not. You don't really it's not really a character, it's more just a 
a voice that you pick to have remarks about. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's just a really interesting series of games. And I think, I don't know why, but I was such a fan of it when I was a kid. Um, and the fourth one, and even like somewhat the third one, always disappointed me because I think they went too far to being like wacky and crazy. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where the fourth one, I mean, if you care about being spoiled, I'm sorry, but the fourth one is like, um, it, it goes from the first two games and to a certain extent, the third game, you are in a city, um, you are taking over the city because um, you are part of a gang. In the first in the first game, it was kind of meant to be like a good thing, like you're getting rid of the gangs, um, trying mm-hmm. to stop crime by doing crime. <laughs> um, and the second one is like, you are just trying to own the city because you were put into a coma in between the first game and second game. Um, and the the four separate the four separate storylines are di- the different kind of gang like syndicate factions yeah. that you take down, um, and the third game kind of does that, but not quite the same. It's kind of you do have three separate gangs, but it's less sort of do this mission then do this mission then you can just take and choose which one you want to do first. It's more linear. Um, but the fourth game is you are the president of the United States. <laughs> Um, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, you were the president of the United States because you stopped a missile from like from hitting somewhere, and you literally landed in the office, the Oval Office. Um, from this, aliens invade, and then the Earth, the Earth literally blows up, um, and then you go into the kind of like a matrix system thing where you go back to where the third game was set in, but this time you have superpowers. Um, and you are stopping aliens from killing everyone. Um, and that's it. That's where the game series somehow went. Um, I think because they kind of lent... Because it was definitely moments and situations and weapons or whatever, you, or costumes that were like wacky and crazy and not quite the realism that GTA 4 was going for, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was like you had really weird weapons every once in a while. You had really weird costumes. And you had it kind of the whole storyline. It could get very dramatic. And I think that was one of my favorite things about it was, especially the second one, um, it was often very funny and very witty, but it was never in your face kind of funny. Um, and mm. it got sometimes very dramatic. There are literally cut scenes and moments from the second game where I will never forget how dramatic it was and even replaying it when i'm you know not putting a nostalgic raw cinema glasses on it um it's still it's surprisingly dramatic and it still it still works and um i think it lost that going forward because it listened too much to the people that played it just for the wacky stuff Mm. um and we ended up with and there was a fifth game that people don't really know about that much um something about um johnny wasn't it yeah, you go like into hell playing Johnny. You like you die and go to hell and you come back from hell. Um and it just it kinda got lazy and you could just see the fact that you were playing Central Free but with a new skin. Um mm. it just it just lost the entire mark and it was probably uh my version of the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> <laughs> um of just disappointment that it wasn't what you thought it was gonna be going forward. Um, mm. But I think adapting it is, and 
doing the first three games and kind of fine-tuning the third game into kind of, I would say, a better story um, is such an interesting idea. Um, and mm. I think it's... And I think it has this... You can, you can say there's an issue of, well, how would the audience score to sympathise with the character for, you know, being a murderer and being a gangster who's just taken over a city every season? And I think, well, we've had shows, plenty of shows now where the main character is not a good person. <laughs> um, and people love that. And it's the anti-hero is kind of a big thing at the moment. Um, and I think I think it's just a shame that these this characters like Johnny Gat and Shondi and, and Pierce <laughs> that haven't been kind of looked upon as kind of iconic. And in my mind, they are iconic. Um, mm. Yeah, I just think it's a... It's something that could be very good if made into a TV show. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think a TV show is probably the better way to do it as well. Yeah. Do you Especially, have like a? Do you have like a, a strong attachment to it, or just <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> I was, I was, no, I was introduced to the. I think I was introduced to the second one. Somebody just filled me in um, on what happened in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was introduced to it as an alternative to to GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the GTA comparisons were strong at that point. Obviously, mm-hmm. they weren't later on. Yeah, it was it was GTA, but less realistic at the time. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was so engaging. I felt like it had the one of the things you sort of look for with side activities in in a game is like that kind of you've got to liberate the neighborhood kind of thing. Yeah. And for that, it was so engaging. And it had a really good story as well. The, all the factions were were entertaining, which, again, I think the third one lost. I did still enjoy the third one. Yeah, I like, I like the you, third one, but I just you don't... Could, you could tell they were going... They were going down a wacky route. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... And it was... It was a little too far. And then the fourth one... Again, I did play the fourth one. I think I got a, enough enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't the 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 heady heights of number two. No, it. Um, yeah. I always remember there's one cut scene where one of your gang members. Um, the spoilers. Does he get? <laughs> he gets dragged by a truck or something. Yeah, it's it's brutal. That was brutal. It is a brutal cut scene, and it, it's and incredible. I think, think is it the same game where um, I might be confusing this with a film, but do you put one of the gang members? friends in the boot of a truck oh yeah yeah the guy drives over it in his monster truck yeah that's a thing yeah and, <laughs> and it's just sort of that was sort of the perfect levels of absurdity and just oh damn yeah it went there it's it's a weird mix between like it sounds kind of wacky when you say it like a monster truck rally that goes wrong because you planned it mm-hmm. but like in the context of it being motivated by revenge um, and these other like elements to it. It's just really, really weird. Um, mm. And it's, and I think it's, there are so many like weirdly iconic moments to me that I think I wouldn't, I would be so excited watching this as a TV show and mm. have it like hit the mainstream in a way and have those moments happen. Um, and for people like to really attach themselves to characters like Carlos, the, the person who gets dragged behind the car, and then yeah. have that scene because every once in a while I do, out of maybe like you know nostalgia, I definitely do lots of cutscenes every once in a while just because I think they're weirdly well directed. Um, 
there's a particular like even he, there's like certain action sequences that they do in cutscenes that still to me are like quite amazing um mm. there's one in particular where you come home to like the ronin that group of samurai type gangster people um and it's like this entire fight scene in like in this one living room apartment like this very tiny space with like four people and you you and johnny gat and it's it's still incredible and it's so good and it's so it's such a good i don't know how to put it it's just so oddly good for a, a gta like quote-unquote knockoff game um that came out in 2008 or something um 2008 yeah um and it was also kind of sad in um I, at some point, like much later on, I got the DLC for the Saints Row 2, which came with like mm. extra missions. Um, and it was very clear from the get go playing these missions that they were made like quite a few years later because it had like Saints Row 3 vibes that you could feel like mm. we're doing more wacky things and we're having celebrity cameos and all those other things. And I don't think Saints Row 3 was a big downfall, I just think it was. Unfortunately, the the like the very beginning of the end. Um, mm, yeah, well, and, I think three made some really weird decisions with the characters as well. It did, yeah. Obviously, the biggest one being that they killed Johnny Gat at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one is that I can't remember her name. Is it? I can't remember her name. The the main sort of female character. Shandy. I think it is. Do they, they completely change the way she looks? I think. If oh yeah, yeah, rightly. yeah. Everyone kind of got a bit of a reboot <laughs> in Central. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, in Central 3 is interesting because I think if you go back to that game and you just kind of fine tune it and kind of like get out the creases of like weird, wacky things and just there's so many elements to that third game that kind of just make it like a, it's weird that I think about this kind of analogy but i think of like it kind of makes it a nerf version of itself mm, um yeah <laughs> it just feels like central 2 again but just less impactful in every way um yeah and it's i think with a little fine tuning it could have been maybe even the best one um and every time i play that game which isn't that often but every time i play that game you'd have the option of um two different endings and mm. one is very much the happy ending and you are in a movie where you're in on Mars trying to kill your main villain from the, from the entire game, and it turns mm-hmm. out your best friends because you both have a lot of money and you're in a movie together. Um, and to me, that's just like the worst ending in the world. <laughs> um, and then there's the other ending where you know I think Shandy and someone else dies, and you kind of take back your identity as a, a gangster character from the first two games and not a, a media kind of presence that you could become in a third game um which is such an interesting art to think about when you go from the first to the third game if you put into a tv show it's very much kind of a breaking bad sort of walter white changes a lot in every season and mm. in the first game you are a very low level gangster second one you are the head of the actual change role people and the third one you're like a media conglomerate whatever that word is, that one, you're like, you know, you've got a lot of things going on. You you have a yeah. company. <laughs> and I find that so interesting. Um, but yeah, that's my first pick, and I just think it's an interesting thing that I haven't heard a lot of talking about. I think it's kind of, unfortunately, I think even the games are kind of 
like dead now like they're just not doing mm. them anymore um it's just sad yeah yeah it's sort of a weird fall but i i agree i think it translates really well to dv mm-hmm. yeah um shall i go with my first one mm-hmm. yeah um so my first one is one of my favorite games of all time oh okay um I did, did you ever play any of the fallout games Unfortunately, I never did. Do you not? No. Well, the game I've gone for, which is one of my favourite games of all time, is Fallout New Vegas. Okay, okay. Um, I know the cover art. <laughs> are you vaguely familiar with the premise of the Fallout games? I know it's like a nuclear like holocaust world. Um, yeah, it's like... Um, but as well, it was sort of the world prior to the... It's like an alternate history where... Um, I think it's the... I can't remember exactly, but I think it's that nuclear energy was developed differently. Okay. Um, and sort of more mechanical things still were still used, more automated technology was still used. And then I think I think it's I think it was America and China blew each other up with nuclear bombs. Right, as it did. And everyone went into <laughs> vaults and hid for hundreds of years and then they came out. Yeah. And populated the wasteland. And they're okay. all weird creatures and what have you. Um, <laughs> and so Fallout New Vegas is set around the New Vegas Strip and the Nevada Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play um, a, the, a character called The Courier, very much similar to the first Saints Row in that your character doesn't necessarily talk, which is something they changed in one of the later games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you thought it was like a traditional RPG where you choose a line of dialogue. You wouldn't hear anyone say it, but you know they technically say it. <laughs> right. You get a response from whoever you were to whoever you were talking to. Mm-hmm. Um and you play a courier who is intercepted while carrying a, a special um gambling chip. Right. Um and is shot in the head and left for dead. And you wake up and you're like, I want revenge. <laughs> so you have to travel through the wasteland to get the guy in a guy in a checkered suit who's voiced by Matthew Perry. Really? Yeah. Like Friends, yeah, friends. Matthew Perry. Um, what? I, I can't believe. I can't remember if this is right, but I think it's considered one of the flattest video game performances <laughs> because it's supposed to be this smooth guy, but the voice is just really flat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and it's sort of you get embroiled in this, this whole thing where you have different factions. You have. The New California Republic, who are like this military type people who want control of the desert. Then you have these, then you have Caesar's Legion, which is based this group of people who have decided to live their life like the Roman army. Right. And follow a guy called Caesar. And they, they build like a, they build like a big Roman fort on Hoover Dam. <laughs> right. And there are loads of other, other factions like. Um, there are some, some groups that are in the franchise before called the Brotherhood of Steel and were sort of in there. They, they have a bigger role in other games, I think. Um, in various other little, little factions. It's like, it's like a... And it's an open-world RPG quest, doing quests and helping people. There's a morality system. And it's such a great game. <laughs> Honestly... I and as well, I, I love playing it on. There's like a an extra difficulty where you have to you take more damage and other people take more damage, but you have to drink water and sleep, right? And stuff like that, which I personally love, <laughs> especially <laughs> in that in that version. Um, 
And I just... It's, for me, the reason it's my favourite Fallout game is... Because I also played Fallout 4, because which, again, I loved. I loved Fallout 4. But New Vegas was developed by Bethesda, who developed all the Fallout games, but also um, a company... I can't remember if it was the company or the people that would go on to form a company called Obsidian. Mm-hmm. I think I've who, heard of that. Um, yeah, Obsidian. Who would later go on and create a game called The Outer Worlds. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, which I also played and, and really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and their influence on the game is... It's something that you get from playing Fallout 4 and noticing. Because Fallout 4, like I said, it's a great game. But it's the edge that it misses. It's the satirical edge, <laughs> which is so brilliant in, in, in New Vegas. Yeah. The comedy is on point and the dialogue, everything that's written is written so well. <laughs> All the comedy is is just brilliant and the way the best I appreciate it more recently because I also played um I played Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Uh which, you know, talking about that, uh, that's a podcast on its own. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the big problems with that is the humour in it is very one note in that you go through the city in, in Cyberpunk and all the ads are for like various dick jokes and hmm. and various sex related jokes. And you first, the first one you see it's all like, haha yeah, alright then. <laughs> That's all funny. Right. Yeah. After you see the ten millionth one it's sort of really We're just doing this. <laughs> um and Fallout New Vegas is probably the best example of doing tongue-in-cheek humour that isn't just dick jokes and right. <laughs> look at this sex joke it's genuinely funny in that the way it's sort of I can't think of any examples to give you but the way it handles comedy is is brilliant and the whole story and the way the world's built um, and it's just I had so much fun playing this game is every it... stage of it just adds something new to it and there's just it's one of the games where for me, it's the gold standard of this open world RPG where you can just find weird shit around any corner. <laughs> you have no idea what you're going to find. It could be the funniest thing. It could be the weirdest thing. But you always know it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> so, um, would you say like it would be better as a movie or TV show or something different? I think because... it's definitely better as a TV show. Right, just to explore um, everything. Just so that you could get... Yeah, so that you could get the sense of quests in it, basically. I think it's something that would definitely suit like an adventure of the week type thing. Mm-hmm. L- almost sort of like, like, like we've seen with the Mandalorian. It's something that would definitely suit that with a weird thing going on each week. Because there's definitely so much you could do. Even if you have eight, eight or ten episodes, you can fill those episodes to the brim <laughs> with just weird, witty things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it would translate so well because it's a fairly, it's a fairly standard sort of revenge type plot. But it's just something that, it's something that could carry a series really well. Like you have this almost like a Moff Gideon type villain in, in I think his name is Benny, the Ma- Matthew Perry character. <laughs> okay. Um, and and as you go on, there are so many, so many, so many facets to this world. It's, I guess again it's another one of these video games that has multiple endings that you can you can go for depending on what you do. You can go for like 
you can side with the casinos, you can side with the the military group, you can side with the Romans, <laughs> or you can just take over everything. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Um, there were also DLC. I played one DLC, which was which was set in um, a, like a mysterious casino thing, which. Again, even the DLC was phenomenal. I wish I'd played the others because I bought the version of the game I bought was several years later, and it had all the DLC loaded in it. Um, and it was on PS3. And I wish I could get my PS3 out and finish those DLCs <laughs> because ah, oh, it's just one of my favourite games of all time. I'd love to see the TV show because I think almost sort of uh, Mad Maxi kind of world and I can really see the aesthetic coming off. I can just I can just picture a guy walking down this like, deserty road mm-hmm. with like a, a shotgun or something like that and the visual the visuals can just can just use the same ones from the game. It doesn't matter if the graphic, just use them. Um it, do you think that has to like be a kind of because you said that is a very simple kind of revenge thing. Does that mean to you like it could has to, you know, add some sort of I don't know, uh emotional like backstory maybe to the main character um you could do um it might need it um need, might add maybe another reason for him to go on this revenge thing like maybe he was murdered and Benny took something from him that was of sentimental value um I think that's always the trouble of like these type of games and adapting them to different things because some games really go for the you are just this person, and this person is a blank slate. <laughs> and mm. it's, it's just you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely goes from that. Goes for that. Um, and you, you, there would be tweaks you need, but you could also... The protagonist in that game could work really well as, like, a the bride in Kill Bill kind of thing. Yeah, Like, you, you don't actually know their name, they're just the courier. Mm-hmm. Um even films like Tenet and there there are there are other versions. Um Drive is it? I don't think the protagonist has a name in that, does he? Yeah, it's the driver. <laughs> yeah. Um where you can still have this fairly blank slate but also have some level of meaning to it. And and the reason you could keep it that simple is because the world just speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All you need is this you need you need a strong, simple thing to drive the plot forward. And as you explore more places in each episode, it almost would write itself, I think. Yeah, it seems like you could just go to the game and look at the side quest and just put that into an episode. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's so many so many different side characters. Like there there was a, there was a companion you could have called Boone, who was a <laughs> sniper. And I loved Boone. <laughs> he was my man. All right, I always took him as a companion. I don't know why. Jones loved him, and th- there's also there was also I think there's a faction in in uh, Las Vegas where they they built like a religion around Elvis, <laughs> right. and this is this is only this is an example of the humor done so brilliantly well, which is that this world's been destroyed and there's no real record of it, and people have explored it and found these things, and they found like this this old place that's a uh, that's a tribute to Elvis, and there's all these things called calling him the king. Right. And they've yeah. taken that this group, this faction have taken that as this is the Lord. <laughs> and so they go around all dressed as Elvis. Right. <laughs> going like into in, in like, like a, replicating his voice, saying, The King. 
<laughs> I, I haven't done it justice, but it's just one example of just the comedy having a real class to it and just yeah. being genuinely, genuinely funny. And that I think it's the kind of fun because again, one aspect of this is you can do this with a quite a hard R rating. Yeah. And do quite fun gore. Um it's this one aspect to it and it's just it could just be wacky and fun and what the world needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think so it that, that, sorry. Well do you think it would be like kind of a disappointment if they're trying to made it dark and gritty? <laughs> oh yeah, no. If you made it dark and gritty it would kill it. Yeah. Like I know they are doing a Fallout series for Amazon. If they made it gritty it would just well, the core of Fallout is the satire. Right, okay. It is absolutely at its core. It's not necessarily always in your face. Because as well, it's, with it being Nevada and the Las Vegas, it's it's a fairly beigey looking world. Yeah. So the comedy doesn't necessarily jump out at you. It's just when you when you look beneath the surface, you, you see it all, and that has to be a core aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my first one. I like the idea. <laughs> Sorry? I like the idea of just walking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you Would you like to go for one of your not-so-keen ideas? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for one that sounds kind of like an obvious, we'll make, that, make that into a movie, but I'm going to go for um, the one that I'm not keen on, um, but as specifically as a movie, is The Last of Us. Um, oh okay. I just, I was just, I think, because recently, I rewatched uh, a Quiet Place, um, mm-hmm. and that movie is great. Um, really is, and I can't wait for the second one. Uh, probably see it in the cinema because cinemas are happening right now, and it's really cool. <laughs> um, but, but I remember watching it and kind of thinking, this takes a lot of inspiration from the from the Last of Us, um, and kind of makes it its own it's not like a copy or anything but it makes it its own but I remember just feeling like strong kind of Last of Us kind of feelings and it made me start to think about why I'm so happy that they're making or apparently they're making a Last of Us TV show um, because I, I just think a movie wouldn't do that story justice as well um, oh no no again it's I think it's similar to what we're finding out, well, I think what we're finding out recently as well is that we're uh, seeing that even comic books lend themselves maybe a bit better to TV shows because we're getting, even if even we have a problem with, with the TV shows, we're having really great kind of experimental TV shows with Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier and all these sort of things, Invincible. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think we're finding more and more that there are certain mediums and adaptations that movies don't quite do justice to um and i think it's kind of interesting to think about the last of us as a movie especially as a two-hour movie and i can't think of it going well i can Mm. think of it being i can think of it being very fun and being good i can't however think of it being as affecting and as as well paced as the game is, both games are, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's, and it kind of, I think the issue that comes with it is, 
similar to A Quiet Place, is it becomes more of a conceptual kind of movie compared to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that you lose, to a certain extent, the character and the sort of slow, the slower paced moments in the sense that the plot is always going to be within that three act structure um, and it's always going to be about the concept of, uh, uh, you know, a wasteland, uh, a zombie wasteland. Um, and I think that's kind of a shame. Um, mm. But thankfully we are getting a TV show. But I just think it led to a really interesting thought experiment of like movies kind of don't fit within adaptation within longer mediums um, very mm. well. Um, which is why we get so many, uh, you know, instead of getting just one uh, video game movie, we're going to get a trilogy of video game movies um, or whatever it might be. Um, and I just think it's it's kind of odd. And I think it's what we saw recently with the, um, I don't know if you watched it, but uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, it was kind of, a, the Mortal Kombat movie was very, I don't know how to put it. It was... It was kind of like it was doing all the tropes of the game as quickly as it could and cutting out all the character and all the kind of actual backstory and big lore from the game mm-hmm. so that the plot was just kind of getting to the point we need to get to. Mm. Um, I feel like there's there's no way that you would ever be able to fit even half the lore into a two-hour film. Yeah. Um, it Yeah, it's too difficult and it's... It's also one of those things where it's just a big part of Last of Us is being the character and playing through those experiences and pressing the little triangle button to talk to people um, mm-hmm. and having those little optional but really quite important you know, conversations in between the big missions. And I just see, you know, I, I can just see it happening in a movie where you would have maybe two or three scenes of Ellie and Joel talking whilst walking around. Um, and the rest of it would just be the probably the, you know the big kind of set pieces and the big kind of turning points for the characters, um, and I just don't see it working as well. Um, and it kind of, I think at some point I might be wrong, but they were doing at some point a movie, weren't they? Like that was going to be a thing. Yes, there was. Um, I can't remember who it was that was going to direct it. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it was. It was. It was somebody that was quite famous, wasn't it? I think so, and I think I remember vaguely hearing from Neil Druckmann, the kind of like the creative director, I think, of the games, um, that it was leaning too much into the action kind of side of it, um, mm. which is kind of what I was thinking about. It was, was I think, is kind of somewhat inevitable when you take a long form, thirteen, fifteen hour game, and then say, how do we turn that into two hours? in which we're abiding by a blockbuster kind of structure, um, which is not helpful. Um, and it can be quite harmful to what made that game very special. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it's worrying to see so many games that have big kind of either backstory or even just so much little like small moments that kind of depend upon you walking around in a setting and kind of just talking to someone for a bit whilst you're figuring out how to get, you know, uh, a few extra cocktails or like Molotov mm, yeah. cocktails. Um, and I think that that's just kind of a thing that gets lost in it. And I think even though Mortal Kombat and 
Last of Us is very different. There were so many moments in Mortal Kombat movie where I was, Mortal Kombat movie where I was kind of watching it and thinking, this, this should work, but it just feels like you're doing it because, it's kind of a checklist, um, to do it. So mm. if we were watching a movie of The Last of Us, I imagine, we would see a scene of them, walking around and talking and, picking up. Uh, you know, spare spare parts and from desks and all that sort of thing. And it would happen maybe once or twice, and it wouldn't feel like organic. It would feel very much like a a checklist. We did that thing from the game that you like, um, mm. which is a big shame. Um, and I kind of, I'm just very happy, and it kind of put me at rest to think like, oh, they are doing a TV show. It is Neil Druckmann. It is all these people that did the original mm. games. Um, mm. I mean, I think we have. Um, Pedro Pascal is it that's doing it yeah yeah. Like, great casting by the way I think that's phenomenal yeah it's really like it's also one of those things where when you're casting the role for live action you have to kind of recreate it I think um, mm. I think it's I think, not always but I do think it's somewhat of a mistake to just kind of go how can we best replicate the exact same person on screen um, which is why I'm not entirely um, kind of annoyed at Uncharted, <laughs> um, because I'm I'm just hoping and praying that they're doing it for a reason and it's going it's going yeah. to work out well. Um, Mark Wahlberg, I would never pick him in a million years, but it could end up being great. I don't know. Um, I don't. I can't imagine it, <laughs> but I'm hoping. Mm. Um, it, it, I found something. It said that um, it doesn't have a director, but it said that it was supposed to be produced by Sam Raimi. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, I, I kind of want this movie to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi, I can't. Mm. I know that Sam Raimi's like coming back now with Doctor Strange, but this is a, a big length of time where he was just producing other movies for people that need, needed movies to be made. Yeah, he's like, producing a lot of horror films, wasn't he? Yeah, it's just like his his career on IMDb is just a few movies that he's made that are all very good, and then just. Produced, uh, produced, assistant produced <laughs> across the board, um, which is very nice, I imagine. Um, mm-hmm. He was also on um, that John Favreau TV show where he's making food. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was on that. He was I need food. to watch that. It was very fun. I have to admit, I'm not even a food person like in general, but I enjoy that very much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Last of Us. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, I, would you agree that it's better served as a TV show than a movie? 100%. I think there's so much that would end up getting cut from The Last of Us. And thinking back on that first game, there's nothing that I think you can cut and still have the impact of the ending. Um, because it's just such sort of a... It's a slow... It's an engaging process, but it's a slow process in the game, which is part of its charm. It's part of why it's so suspenseful. Are those, those periods where you're looting shit and you're having conversations between the characters. And without that, it's, it's, it's half the game. It's half the story. Um, so, yeah, it needs to be a TV series, I think, just to have that that length to it. And as it well, was... especially if they adapt the second game. Yeah, definitely. There is... Yeah. There's no way you could do that in two films. Yeah, it's in fact, too... I don't even know how you would adapt that, given how it has such an unorthodox structure to it. You literally um... would do a time loop with a different character. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because you can't... That game works, the second game works because, not because you have those two stories running at the same time, but because 
you have one story, you stop, then you go back and you have the other story. Mm-hmm. And then you convert at the end, and it's very... It's just so... That game is perfect. But anyway. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, I think... <laughs> I think it's kind of... Especially, you know, I think both games, but for some reason the first game kind of makes me think of this kind of more often, but it's kind of like a, a very chapter-by-chapter chapter kind of story. Sorry. What was that? <laughs> I've missed sneezing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just a confusing sound. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of a kind of a chapter-by-chapter chapter kind of story. Um, mm. It feels very episodic in the sense that you go from very much a situation in a certain place to a very different situation, different place. Um, mm. there, are se- there are several jumps that like you have different levels, if you will. Like I remember the first level where you're with, or the first section where there's three of you. You have Joel, you have Ellie, and then you have, is it Trish? I think so, yeah. Um, then you have the, the phase where he's trying, they're trying to find the guy that lives alone with all the traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're at the university, and then you're Ellie in the in the snow, and then you <laughs> you're doing all sorts of things. But yeah, it definitely feels like there's there's phases to it. Yeah, it feels a bit like it just feels too difficult to do in a movie. <laughs> it really does. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my second pick, and I just think it's yeah, I just think it's it's better served by a longer medium, um, and I think it deserves having that in live action. And I think it's again, like we said before, it deserves kind of a it's separate identity, I think mm. is important. I think even the Pedro Pascal casting is very much, it already kind of separates itself from the actual game. Um, mm. Something oh, about yeah, it has to be different. They have to offer something new, I think. Yeah, yeah. It just feels very different um, already, which is, it's, I think it's the better way to go down than just uh, by the books kind of with doing the game, but in movie form. <laughs> just... Right, right from the page kind of thing. Um, mm. But yeah, that's my second pick. Um, yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you on that one. So, um, yeah, let's move, shall I move on to my one that I'm not so keen on? Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, this is one that... I'd not hate the idea, but right. I just think <laughs> there are better projects to do, and it's another Bethesda pro- property, and mm. that is um, Skyrim. Hmm, yeah. Now, I, have you played Skyrim? Yeah, I have, no, yeah. There's a, a one-year time period where it was my entire, my entire yeah. life. <laughs> I loved Skyrim as well. I thought it was a phenomenal game. You know, people people love it for a reason. For me, I'm a, I'm a New Vegas, Fallout New Vegas all the way. <laughs> it's not quite one of my favourite games ever, but it's still a game that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, But for me... Whether it be TV series or film, I don't think you can adapt Skyrim. Not well. <laughs> and the reason for that being is, similar to my thoughts on, on, on Uncharted, is that the premise of Skyrim and all the lore that exists in Skyrim, it works in a video game environment because it wasn't done as a video game before. But all the elements that are in there, if you put that into a film or a TV series, then it kind of has been done before. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the massive appeal of Skyrim is that you get to play in this world where there are vampires, werewolves, dragons, every mythical creature you can think of. 
all thrown into one in this wonderful, wonderful setting with wonderful quests. And if you put that into a film, you lose sort of the main appeal of it. And the main appeal is that you get to play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it has that kind of... I think Skyrim has one of those things where it's... The selling point is the fact that you're playing mm. it. And that's not, not, that's not the only thing, but it is the main thing. Yeah. It's like you are playing Lord of the Rings, but not you know it's a free from that it's like free from that ip it's its own thing yeah um, and that you know it's it's not to say that it's it's a it's a it's a knockoff version of those things because it is it's its own thing but it's just why would i want to see that yeah yeah and it's one of those things where the the part of the game that's kind of the most fun is kind of adding to yourself more and more skills that mm. one person couldn't you probably couldn't in a tv show give one character all of those skills <laughs> and then just uh and then tv tvc4 is just him going about kind of just killing some giants <laughs> um because in the game you can just you can start off as a you know an archer but then become every other thing in the universe <laughs> yeah um and without that, without that progression, without that, without the game properties, I just ask myself, what is Skyrim? Like yeah. it's not, it's not a bad yeah. story. I think it's a thoroughly enjoyable story, and it's something that I I loved playing. But would I want to watch that as a film? Is there enough there to support and justify it being a film? Now, don't get me wrong, that Hollywood will greenlight anything because of its popularity. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> One thing we've learned is that they never stop and ask themselves, but do we need this? Does this work? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, they greenlight films on Just Dance and what have you. So it does kind it, of surprise me that we haven't got an attempt to make a Skyrim film. I I fully believe that they go to like a party, like a priest goes to a party, like a family party or a big a friend party, and he just he notes down words that he hears in conversations <laughs> of like IPs and goes, he goes, Oh yeah, so I was playing Just Dance last night with my children. He's like, "Oh, Just Dance, mm, children. That's like a a young and hip thing." Okay, okay. And he goes to the office next day and he's like, "Just Dance. What is it? I don't know, but we're gonna make it." <laughs> yeah, um, and so it, it kind of surprises me that we haven't got a Skyrim film. But I'm also kind of glad because it would almost it wouldn't take the magic away, but it it would kind of just take something away from it. And like the experience of the game. I think it's a shame to make a very non-linear game into a very linear story. Um, Mm. Because you can, like technically, you can do the main story in Skyrim Mm. and just do that. Um, And it is very linear and it is very go here, do that, go there, do that. Um, Mm. But who does? That's not... Yeah, who's ever done that aside from like a speed run of the main, I don't know. You know, one of those things. Yeah. It's it's not what it's about. It's not why you play it. Um, and I don't quite know how to adapt that to even a TV show. I don't quite know. Mm. Um, th- and again, even if you're going for it to be a TV show, there are there are programs like Vikings and what's the Netflix one? Um, about um, I've got I've forgotten what it is. 
But anyway, there are there are sort of Viking Nordic kind of TV series that are very popular. I think Vikings is probably the biggest example. And while yeah, that's not what Skyrim is. Mm-hmm. Skyrim isn't Vikings and whatever. It's it's a lot more than that. But to a general audience, is it? <laughs> the people <laughs> yeah. who have played that and watched the TV shows, yeah, it's a massive difference. But is there a space for it? I don't think there mm. is. And I don't think there's enough you could do in a TV show or a film that would make it different and make it make it appealing to me because, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but the appeal of Skyrim is playing in that world. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And it's not... I don't want to discredit the story of the game, mm. but I don't feel any attachment to the story. I don't... I never once I've I never really played Skyrim at all. I never thought to myself, "Damn, I really care about what happens to this character." <laughs> um, I just kind of go through the emotions and kind of just gather what I can and kind of have fun with it. Um, and it's kind of difficult to be like, "Well, how do we add an emotional backbone to that story to make it seem like it's a story worth telling?" Mm-hmm. Um, just very difficult. Um, it's yeah. I don't know how to. I think I would have a panic attack if I got told to adapt this. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Um, yeah, would you like to move on to your next positive one? Uh, yeah. Um, so my next one is kind of one I want to propose a trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make it a trilogy, um, even though there's only two of them. Um, and I think it's weird because... Yeah, but anyway, it's Red Dead Redemption. Oh! Um, yeah. I think it's... It's, again, similar to some of the games we discussed of it's a lot of things in the game, a lot of side quests, a lot of different kind of paths you can go down um, that can maybe make it hard to adapt. But I do think with Red Dead Redemption there is this kind of generational story. Um, mm. And I think... To me, at least, that's kind of what's the main draw for me. And I think that's what could really make it a modern movie, if if handled well by a really great director and a really great writer, it could really be a modern, great trilogy of movies um, and a great kind of uh, generational kind of story where... I don't know if we would... I don't know if we would make the first game the second game because it's a prequel. I don't know if we would do that or not. Um, I, I, I kind of like the idea of doing it first, but also I kind of like the idea of following uh, John in the first mm-hmm. movie and then having the prequel or second movie. Um, but the third movie, I definitely want to be the story of, I think his name is Jack, mm-hmm. um, the kid, um, yeah. who in the, unfortunately in the actual game itself, Red Dead Redemption 1, he has like an, he's kind of like an epilogue character. Yeah. Um, he's not really the main character for a long time. Um, and even the wrap-up to a story is very much kind of a, a side quest, mm. <laughs> oddly. Um, and it is a great ending. I do think it's a great ending. But um, Oh, it is. I, I, I remember think... just the scene of, like, he shoots the Federal agent and this looks at like his gun or something. It's such a perfect... If this... If this if this movie gets... If this game series gets turned to a movie trilogy, I think by the time we get to the third one or even the second one, it could be genuinely 
one of the best things happening <laughs> um, in like blockbuster kind of terms. Mm. Um, I just think it's it's a weird kind of thing of we all I think we all kind of love a good trilogy. Um, I think for some reason there's something about even franchises that don't really deserve a trilogy, like don't really you don't always assume a trilogy will happen. Like Back to the Future is not really doesn't necessarily need to be two more more movies that are split to half like the same narrative and um, that they are mm-hmm. um but there's something about the idea of a free act story put into three movies that's just so like fascinating and, and really kind of great to see um and i just think it's made ever better by having it be more kind of a thematic trilogy where it's more or less you're tying together the actions and the meaning of those actions together by different generations mm-hmm. um, and similar to I guess The Last of Us Part 2 or kind of the, the cycle of violence um, and kind of going through that and I just think it would be just really worth it <laughs> and I think it's going to be so great to see like Arthur Morgan point to live action who is is I think one of the best Made characters in the video game ever made. I agree. Um, I completely agree. And it, it totally, and it totally surprised me as well because I remember playing the game at the begin, like the second game at the beginning, and thinking, he's kind of, just, bland. He's just kind of a, a main character for the sake of a main character, and, it took very little time after that to be like, oh, he's, he's interesting, and I can make some good choices here for him, and. The way that his arc kind of wraps up near the end of the game is so genuinely effective mm. um, and heartfelt and all those other things. And I think it's it would be so amazing to see that in live action, these kind of handing off to the next generation kind of thing. Mm. Those moments where in the second game you kind of, you see John and his wife and you kind of say, well, you know, here, go go this way and I'll go that way and we'll, I'll hold them off for you. And... Then pick that up and then pick that up in the, in the next game. Yeah. Um, just just an interesting interesting idea. And then the third game being the idea that we go from the death of John to the son seeking revenge. And the biggest question of all is, will he do like continue continue the the cycle of violence that the entire trilogy has been doing since the beginning, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. It's just, I think it's just one of those things where it's, it's waiting to be adapted more than anything else. Mm. Um, I think, I'd love to see it done as like a. I think you could do it in like a proper Lord of the Rings. You have th- three quite long films. Oh yeah, definitely. And they are ones that I'd want to sit and watch because, like we've said with some of the other films that we maybe thought wouldn't work into a film, I think. The plots of Red Dead Redemption, both games, I think you can sort of remove some of the side things and still have it work. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I, I'd love to see Arthur Morgan in live action. Yeah, there are several. It's... There's, there's, I, the, even to this day, one of the best of protagonist to antagonist quotes comes from the end, towards the end of that game. <laughs> I just I can even picture I can it's on the rock at the end spoilers by the way it's mm-hmm. on the rock at the end and it's after uh, Micah's I think it's before or after Micah's taken a taking a chunk out of Arthur 
And Arthur says to Dutch, he says, I gave you all I had. Yeah. That line. Yeah. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just... It's what, again, I think it also lends itself quite well to an actual, similar to Lord of the Rings, kind of a three-act structure kind of thing, mm. um, where you have the first movie be very much a setup kind of for the story that's going forward, and then you go forward thinking, this is the group we're going hold, we're forward with. We have we have Dutch, we have Arthur, um, we have John. We're going to be doing all these, this this adventure in, in the Old West, all fun and games, mm. and then we're going to have, you know, that Lord of the Rings kind of style ending where the first movie very much is oh we're not doing that for the rest of the movies it's so different um, and from that kind of dealing with that in the second movie and then the third movie I think the third movie is difficult because it probably has to answer the most questions mm. um, because I think unlike what I mean we, we might get a third game I don't know what's happening but um, I think if the third game is going to be about Jack um, that's kind of the the time to answer the questions that the series has been kind of questioning mm. um, and kind of kind of gives some hopefully some redemption and I don't think it's I find it I do think it's a great ending having to, uh, him kill the the person at the kind of like the riverbank mm-hmm. um, but I do think it's interesting to see like under a different set of writers and different set of eyes would they see that as a portrayal of the arc of the trilogy mm. um or would it be kind of just a poignant kind of last note to end it on? Um, I don't know. I just think it's, yeah, it just, it would, yeah, it just needs to be fine-tuned into uh, a streamlined version of itself for a movie. Or t- I guess I would not prefer a TV show. I think I prefer a trilogy mm. in this case. I agree. Um, I think you can make it more epic in that way because it's a story that deserves yeah. to be epic. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just think TV show kind of again it's kind of one of those things where with the game the entire point is that you're in the Wild West doing these things mm. and the, the allure is that you are you are playing it um, but I, 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 I do agree that it's, it's the opportunity to, to be in a western but mm-hmm. I think unlike Skyrim there's enough in the story to make it different from other westerns we've seen yeah, definitely. Because it is, it's... it definitely fits within the I can't remember what the term is, but the modern Western deconstruction type um, story. Mm. Yeah, I... it's yeah, it's yeah. I think it totally agrees with Skyrim, for example. Like you have that, you know, you are playing in this this place that you wanted to play within, um, but when you think more deeply upon the actual story. It's like, this isn't even a criticism of the game, it's more of like the way they approached it. Um, it's not about the story at yeah. all. It's not like it's you're playing in this land and there's also a really enticing story at the centre that you can choose to do. Um, whereas Red Dead Redemption is very much... Um, you are playing in this place that you always want to play in and it is a video game and it is very good. However, we kind of want to guide you through it with an actual emotional attachment throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's worth doing that in, in like a movie form, and even even like a long movie, um, three-hour movie. I'd be fine with that for any of them. Um, it's just yeah. yeah. I also like the idea of having that third one focus on Jack because there are several things that you can still do that those are the two games set up. For example, mm-hmm. you, 
having maybe potentially making the films after the games, I think there's a lot you can do to maybe better integrate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously, Red Dead Redemption Two is a, is a prequel, and there's there's ne- never really any mention of the events of the first game in the first one. Not really. Um, <laughs> I think I seem to remember them talking about potentially doing like a remastered or a remake version of the first game to include references to Arthur. Oh, really? Okay. I can't remember what where I heard that or not, but I think it's not a massive thing. It's, in fact, it's not even minor, but it's just something that could be quite neat if you had the chance to maybe make a few lines in the in the story of the first game to Arthur. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well, I'd like to see... I think in the third one you could have a lot of fun by having Jack team up with the two the other two people that survived the first game. Oh, because yeah. Because you have Sadie yeah. and um, Charles who made it through the second one, obviously, out in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on a side note, I'd also love if they did a third one and have the protagonist be Sadie. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. I always thought they were setting her up to be the actual protagonist, like after Arthur, but obviously we didn't do that <laughs> at all. No, no, we, we went, went with John. <laughs> yeah, went with John, which is good. I like that as mm. well. <laughs> Again, it's sort of a testament to the fact that all these characters, you can make a film because they're all such brilliantly written characters um, I can't wait to see what I would love to see what they do with Dutch in live action I mean what a weirdly incredible character I know sort of flies under the radar as well because obviously you have the appeal of characters like Arthur and John and Sadie who are probably getting more limelight but as an antagonist there's so much there's so much to unpack in Dutch yeah <laughs> yeah oh. Yeah, that's my. I think that's my ultimate kind of. I guess my dream kind of movie adaptation of video game thing. Yeah. A trilogy. <laughs> I, I can completely see why. It's a great game. Yeah. Again, that's, that's another game that I think I would rank in some of my all time favourite ones. <laughs> oh, Both same. Games. Definitely. Yeah. Same. Um, shall I actually move on to the next? Yeah. So, so mine, this is going to be brief because we have already talked about it, but one of the ones I was going to say for ones that I really like to see would be The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. As yeah. we said, again, as a TV show, which is what they are doing. And I just wanted to sort of touch on the fact that I'm looking forward to this because it feels like, so far at least, it feels like the first or the best shot we've had so far of having a game adaptation be genuinely good. It does, yeah, because we have people that are involved in the game that are doing it as mm. well, which is helpful. Like we have, um, we have games adaptations that are looking promising. Like I think, I think again, the, the, there is a Fallout series happening. There are this um, the Borderlands film, which I think has a pretty decent chance of maybe. Maybe being a good film. <laughs> and there are some on this list that maybe could be. But not just the fact that you have Druckmann involved and the writers involved in this TV series. Just the story itself in the game lends itself to being a TV show. Like There's a lot of emotional weight in there. And I feel like this is the best chance we've had ever to have a good video game adaptation. Feels like the Invincible 
of adop- adaptions. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like we're just going to do it in live action form, <laughs> but a bit different. Yeah, I, I think that, I think they will need to make slight alterations, and if they go to a season two, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Whether they follow <laughs> what they do at the start of the second game, or if they alter it. It's going to be interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a long way down the road. We haven't even had the first season yet. But yeah, there's a genuine chance that it could be brilliant, and I'm, I'm all for that. Because, in a way, it would sort of valid- validate to many people that video games do have stories that are out of this world. Because they do. Yeah, they do. I think there's still a slight six, uh, stigma from some people that it isn't. It's a lesser form of, of art, which mm-hmm. is something I completely yeah. disagree with because we've talked about several narrative-based games which, you know, they put a lot of films to shame. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing as well where you kind of get this weird thing with... I definitely think there needs to be some sort of name for it, like narrative-based games, but even when you do get a narrative game that's very good, it has a very good story and it has a very good gameplay... Do you get a thing where it's like, people say, but is it really a game? And it's kind of like, well, yeah, it is. But a different genre? Yeah, sure. It's still a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well, one of the, one of the reasons <laughs> I'm all for The Last of Us is because the sequel to The Last of Us is probably one of the most emotionally effective video games. Like, mm-hmm. it genuinely... Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. It's it's generally one of the best kind of experience story wise I've ever had in my life. Mm. Like it was that good. Um, it's just a perfect kind of experience, really. Mm. Um, I really yeah. want the third game. Same, but I don't want to. I kind of. Well, I said it. Well, I kind of always said the same thing about the first game. Well, I always said to myself, never make a part two because you'll ruin it. And they made a part two, <laughs> and it's the best thing in the world. Um, so I don't want to say the same thing again, but also I kind of want to leave it. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, would you like to move on to your your um, your fourth one, your last last one? My negative one. Yeah. Um, this is just one where I, I haven't thought about this because we're ending with a negative, which is something I don't like to do. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, this is one that I just don't think that works at all. I just don't think it's... It doesn't... I don't know why. I just don't like the idea of doing it. But Mario? I don't know why. <laughs> There's something, this is one of those things where it seems so simple, but don't do a Mario... Especially a realistic Mario movie. Um, just don't do it. And they've already tried it once in the 90s. Um, and it failed. Where they just... They made every choice wrong that you could have made. Um... You know, like the dinosaurs are real dinosaurs. Um, the Mushroom Kingdom is like a is just Blade Runner. Um, uh, they are actual plumbers. They are actually plumbing. Um, they are, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I just think, why? And if you do do it, I don't mind it being, you know, like a Sonic movie where it's an animated furry like kind of character interacting with the real human beings. Mm-hmm. That's that's not bad. That's not the worst part to go down. Um, but otherwise, just I don't see the point in doing it. 
because it's just an, the whole point is it's just an arcade type of game. It's not about you know it's not about the story or it's not about how this game's gonna really really make you think. <laughs> this game's gonna really make you think different about Peach. You know, <laughs> we don't really we're not going there for that. The characters are archetypes. They are just people. They are this you know kind of iconic designs and very blunt one note personalities that kind of work very well in arcade form um, and you can you can apply it to any sort of game you want you can make a, a haunted mansion game or a car racing game or uh, you know any other type of like arcade type of game you want um, and I just think it's a mistake to kind of go well how do we add depth to the Mario character and how do we make Yoshi a real thing and like I don't it's one of the things where it's just from the get go just don't do it <laughs> um, <laughs> would you agree? <laughs> yeah it's one that several like I don't understand why they adapt like these kind of arcadey games never get it no um, it's just so weird that they think let's make this into a film obviously I know this, they're, they're seeing dollar signs Oh yeah, that's the reason, really. <laughs> but I just, I wouldn't even know how to go about it. And mm-hmm. why would you want to go about turning this into something with a story? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a story. You got to re- rescue Princess Peach. You got to, you've got to bash some things on the head by jumping on them. <laughs> but how do you? Yeah. And how do you bring enough in for it to resemble the game? <laughs> Do yeah. you physically and have them jump on things' heads? Yeah, and do you, you know, is it, so, like, do you have the entire cast there, or is just, like, some of them there? Uh, yeah, I feel like the best way to do it would be to have it, like, to have it be the 2D animation, and watch it that yeah, way. Yeah. If you do, what's the point? Just play the game. <laughs> yeah, just play the game. <laughs> You'll have more fun. Yeah, yeah. It's just a... It's just one of those things where it's it's the most kind of IP driven. We own this character. We must be able to do something with it, you know. We must be able to do something with this thing that we have in storage. Um, it just yeah, just I, this is my this is my last one because it's just like an all out. Just there's no corner where this works for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh... why. <laughs> but yeah, that's my last pick. I just wanted to get out of, my, out of the way. <laughs> Normal Mario. <please. laughs> um, so to sort of round off, I have one, one little question. What do you think is the best video game adaptation that we've already had? Oh. Oh, okay. Um, I guess the most kind of recent kind of memory of a good one-ish to me is Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, wasn't great, but wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I guess Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I've heard people say that they think the the best video game adaptation is The Witcher. Oh wait, yeah, okay. But yeah, I, I don't know if that counts because uh, the video games are based on books. That's true. So yeah, okay. is it a book adaptation? 
And Henry Cavill was always saying, we're adapting the books, not the games. So... You always, you always said that. I don't know, does that mean it doesn't count? Uh, uh, kinda, I guess. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm genuinely tempted to say Detective Pikachu. <laughs> really? Because okay. I quite enjoyed that film. Um, it's... It, I think one of the big things for me is knowing what you are um, and not playing it deadpan serious yeah. um, and not trying to make it an origin movie, mm. which I think is always a mistake. This film, that film was always like, we are in the Pokemon world and we are doing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was definitely better than average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, and people do, do enjoy them. You know, people do still enjoy video games that are video game movies. That there are ones that have developed cult following, like Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat film. Well, it's not a particularly good film. Has developed quite a cult following. Yeah, it has. It has a charm to it, I think, because you go into it loving the characters, so you're a bit you're a bit kinder to the actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, I think that's that's the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what a surprise! I know. Is there anything you want to add? Um, I I, I, I think just around off. I think it's just I still don't quite believe in the idea that nothing can be adapted well. Mm. Like I do think there's always a way. Like Mario, I can't see one happening soon. But I do think I do think you know. Martin Scorsese could one day make a really good Mario movie. Um, but the gangster plot. Probably, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do think there's always an angle. There's always a, a way to do it. There's always, you know... I always think it's not the story you're telling, it's how you're telling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the way to go forward adapting things. Um, I just think with video games, it's kind of hard because you're adapting... And often, not all the time, but often quite loose from narrative um, experience into a narrative experience, um, which is difficult. And I think we're, I think we're seeing, I think recently we're seeing more and more adaptations because we're getting more and more games that do follow narratives mm-hmm. more strongly. Um, and I think it's just a case of getting a talented team to do it, and not just you know picking an indie director who you can kind of control and just tell them to do this story and do this and I do think the worst kind of trend we've been getting and it started, it kind of started with Batman Begins um, but because Batman Begins was a good movie everyone did else did it but bad um, this thing where you get the IP, you make an origin movie and then you end it by having everyone go and now we're doing the fun things um, but what you, what you know from the game, we're doing it now at the very end or for the next movie yeah. and that is exactly what the Mortal Kombat movie does um, and it's so painful as in in the Mortal Kombat movie they never actually do the tournament they just avoid doing the tournament until eventually they decide to have a little fight not in the tournament just to have a little fight on like a one of the places that they go to and then it ends with them going I, best, I guess better get prepared for this Mortal Kombat thing because it's happening <laughs> and then they go you know They'll have you know this. They'll have that character coming next time. Like, can you not just do that now? It would have been fine to do it in the first movie. We wouldn't we wouldn't have been angry about that? 
Um, Should we do a film called Mortal Kombat? Do more combat. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, it's so weird. Maybe they're um, afraid of yeah, doing I... it without having that guy shout Mortal Kombat and have the, the weird, the disco music. Yeah. If you haven't watched... Um, yeah. I don't know if you have the um, Mr. Sunday movie's Caravan of Garbage episode for the first Mortal Kombat. Um, it's genuinely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Go and watch it. Is it just a, the future on loop? <laughs> the way the way they they, make, they constantly make use of the theme tune. They make jokes about the theme tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. It is a crazy one. It's very nineties. But yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it can anything can be adapted. I think it just takes a lot of kind of a unique kind of approach to it. Mm. Um, oh yeah, it does. It takes a lot. It just takes. I think it would take time and picking the right video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I think as well, like I said before, The Last of Us. I think you do need to do kind of a. You need to, you need to make your identity quite, not entirely, but quite separate from the actual mm. game. Which I think we, you know, Pedro Pascal being cast kind of already kind of does it, uh, does that for the game, uh, for the TV show. Yeah, because um, you don't, if you're going to make something and have it be the exact same story, it kind of, you know, gives the impression of, well, what's what's the point in doing it again? Yeah. Especially with it being yeah. quite a cinematic and story-based game as it is. But yeah, that's my opinions, I guess, on this very weird topic of just... Because they keep on making them. They do. They keep and they on stop making them. Yeah. <laughs> they can't really avoid it. And they'll never, ever stop. Yay. <laughs> they'll keep on going until they get it right, and then when they get it right, they will milk the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. We're going to get a trilogy of trilogies. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, if it's good, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's good. Fine, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Shall I wrap up? Yeah, I can do. Um, so, thank you for listening to this, this episode on, on video game-ness. Um, if you would like more from us, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Marvelous in the Podcast and on Twitter at Cinema Marvelous. Like we said, we do reviews. We're doing a new style coming this week. It's not that different. It just looks different because it's cool <laughs> and it's new. Yeah. Sleeker. Sleeker, yes. Uh, so, if you'd like to, uh, like to follow us on there, you can you can catch up with you can even interact with us. You can ask us questions, preferably about films. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, mm, you yeah. know. Also, if you could leave a review or follow us on your streaming platform of choice, it helps us out massively and it lets us know that we're on track or not on track or where to improve. We Off really appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, and thank you very much for listening. I have been your co-host Matthew. And I've been your Nicole Horse Henry. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next week, hopefully. Thank you. Bye.